From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Well, this is the uh, end of a long weekend for some. How was your potentially long weekend? Uh, you know, Derek, it was good. Uh, pretty pretty quiet uh, weekend. Uh, not a whole lot going on. Watched a ton of football on Saturday and, and Sunday. Obviously, the game that we were interested in, you and I both, certainly a lot of the UTW podcast listeners were uh, interested in, uh, took place Sunday night. Possible end of an era, Derek. You and I have texted probably thousands, if not tens of thousands of, of times uh, with the word Drew Brees in the uh, the text. And uh, so possibly the, the end of an era there, just a tough watch. Uh, definitely uh, watched every play, and, and it was tough to watch. You know, just a great player, uh, brought us some good memories. You know, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl championships, and uh, we're a little bit spoiled. Never thought we'd say we were spoiled as Saints <laughs> Saints fans, but we might be a little spoiled now. We are. I, I wish he'd have gotten it again. I wish he'd have gotten one more. Um, he's had many chances over the last four years, especially, and then before that, had a chance every year. It's just the defense was not on par until the last three or four years and a couple heartbreaking playoff losses. Yesterday wasn't heartbreaking. I'm sorry to see it end. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm one of the ones that kind of gets angry and may leave a room and may turn it off for short periods of time. I thought about doing it last night, and I, at one point, the first interception, kind of walked away and got angry, and I said, you know what, this is it. So I brought myself in. I just I put the phone down. I wasn't looking at anything. Just watched the game, and, you know, it's just it's sad. Uh, he meant so much to New Orleans, so much to, you know, I actually the area that we grew up both in natchez and, and in franklinton just that whole, whole area about a three mile you know three hour radius uh, around new orleans just you know, meant so much to so many people after katrina uh, he came in this, the first year after katrina saved the team you know potentially saved the team from going to san antonio many many games 15 years worth of games watching him play and just loved him a great man great father uh there's you know video of him after the game with Tom Brady, you know, embracing each other and Tom Brady throwing with his kids and him playing with the kids after the game on the field and just shows, you know, how, I'm, you know, what really is important. The family is really important and, you know, he's walking away at 42 and I say he's walking away. He hasn't made it uh, official yet, but, you know, intents and purposes, it looks like that way. And so just, um, you know, I hated it. Would, would have liked him not to have, you know, lost at home his last game but uh you know I just it was a it was a great run and you know spoiled the Saints fans but of course and we got kicked in the teeth you know a few few times with these brutal losses so I mean we are spoiled but at the same time we can still be snake bitten I think my bigger frustration is is there were times we had the better team Uh, there were times that you know we can Saints fans can argue that things were taken away from us bad interference calls stuff like that Uh, you know to me I I think we were worlds better than Tampa Bay I think we are worlds better than Tampa Bay and we're beating them pretty well in my opinion until the fumble uh, with about six seven minutes left in the third quarter that totally changed the game I feel like we were going to go up 27-13 things would have been a little bit different but again uh, I feel like Drew Brees deserved to lead the Superdome a winner uh, I, I truly could not have cared less what happened next week had we lost in Lambert Field I was okay I with that he deserved to leave he saved the Superdome he saved the city of New Orleans from a Saints uh, point of view he saved them uh, their, their franchise will be in San Antonio right now more than likely if it wasn't for him and so uh, he deserved to win last night no fault of his did the fumble happen and so forth and that's what I was most frustrated Well, and he also about. deserved to have 75,000 people there to say goodbye to him. I agree, 100%. You're definitely right. Something else, Derek, we talk about things that uh, maybe are a little bit 
more important than, than football or what we're talking about. And I'll get to our ads in just a second. But on Friday, I came in, Derek, from, uh, you know, coming in from work. My wife was consoling my five-year-old, uh, Evelyn, which most uh, most of the listeners know who Evelyn is. She was consoling her, and I thought she maybe fell or something or she hurt herself or whatever. Well, Derek, what I came in to learn was her class helper, her kindergarten class helper who's been taking classes and going to school at night or going to school on the side uh, had, had graduated, and she will be moving on to her own school. Uh, her own class. And so she will no longer be Evelyn's kindergarten helper. And, um, you know, people say to us all the time, or we talk about it, we don't talk about it a ton on, on the podcast, but should class be happening? Should school be going on? I've been searching for four days to try and find Miss Crystal. That's her name, Miss Crystal's last name. Uh, Miss Crystal is Miss Knights, our kindergarten teacher at Hernandez Elementary School, her assistant. I want to thank Miss Crystal uh, right here out loud personally for uh, being a part of my kindergartner's life, being a part of my little girl's day every day that she would go and have that experience uh, that a lot of kids aren't getting to have right now. And I want to thank her out loud, definitely, um, that that's, that's what's important. That's why kids should be in school, whatever. We, we can argue all day about that. But when I came in on Friday and my five-year-old daughter was uh, just could not be consoled because she had to say goodbye to somebody that's been so special to her since August, that's what school's all about. That's what those uh, men and women do every day, become a part of these kids' lives. And that's way more important than discussions about, I mean, to hell, Derek, just COVID-19 in general. This is why kids need to be in school. Thank you to Miss Crystal uh, for being as part of uh, Evelyn's life. Thank you for uh, good luck to Miss Crystal in the future. And I just thank you so much for investing in my daughter. And uh, that's most important. Yeah, personal interaction, the face-to-face teachers, the the love that they you know show to all their children, no matter what the age. Uh, sometimes it has to be tough love. Sometimes it can be caring love and and actually hugging on them and stuff like that. And maybe they can't hug during this time. But you know, it's just it is so important. Uh, and and to be able to just you know the the personal interactions and and emotions and being able to communicate and all that kind of stuff is is part of developing. Um, part of the, the their brain that's not being stimulated when they have to sit at home. And uh, you're right. And so, you know, I don't know Miss Crystal. Any, any, all the Miss Crystals out there, all the assistants uh, who are trying to work their way into a full-time job, and then all the teachers who have been there 25 years. Uh, we thank, you know, from, from the zero years to 25 years, we thank all that you do, continue to do. Uh, and, again, uh, through this tough time especially, but not only in the tough time, even when 10 years ago, five years ago, when we're take, kind of taking you for granted, know that we do not. Uh, and that all the parents, you know, all have little ones at some point, and we all know the wonderful jobs that you do. So we just really we do thank you for that, and, and Matt, thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, thank you, Miss Crystal, again, for being a part of Evelyn's life. Uh, she definitely will not forget you. Thank you again, and good luck to you in the future. Podcast brought to you by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group has been in business now for well over a decade. They've been the number one team for residential real estate in DeSoto County for over that decade. They possess over 25,000 closings on the buying and selling side of residential real estate. That's just since 2009. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available to you when you need them. Morning, noon, and night. If you have residential questions, you can certainly reach out to your realtor at Team Couch. They are the number one team for over a decade in DeSoto County. You can find them at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Podcast recorded each and every Tuesday and Friday morning at the How to Barbecue Right Studios. How to Barbecue Right Shop, located just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on Memphis Street in Hernando. 
This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of cooking. They have rubs, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, and some really high-end smokers. If you've seen Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by his shop and check it out today. You can call them at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. Or find them on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. That's H2Q Malcolm Shop. Thank you to Team Couch at Birch Realty Group for being our presenting sponsor in 2021 and How to Barbecue Right for being our studio sponsor. Now turning to the news for the week, first thing, of course, today is Tuesday, or excuse me, the first and third Tuesdays of every month. We do like to preview the Alderman meetings coming up in Hernando and in South Haven. And the Hernando Alderman, there's several things to look at, uh, starting off, well, you know, they always have the consent agenda. Uh, then they're going to be looking at a couple of people asking for funding, DeSoto Family Theater, We'll be asking for funding. Uh, you have the A-Fair also asking for funding and then closing of the street. It looks like the A-Fair will take place on May 15th this year. Of course, it's always the third Saturday, and it looks like the May 1st is a Saturday, so the third Saturday will be the 15th. Uh, so they're asking for the street closure and for funding for that. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty big deal. The A-Fair seems to be taking the next step of you know acting like we're going to be in person. Let's mm-hmm. rock and roll. Let's go. So that's exciting to me, of course. Yeah, and you would think that you know because they had the uh, Christmas open house and stuff was open. I'm, right, you know, sure. there, I'm, there may still be, hopefully, vaccines have kicked in everybody's got their second round by that time <laughs> maybe we're talking about wide open free-flowing uh if not there may still be some restrictions you know we don't know what's going to happen in four months uh, but yeah the 15th will be it and they do plan to have it in person closing streets down at the a fair do you do you partake in a funnel cake no <laughs> i think i've asked you that before hey what what do you what do you eat like just from a carnival standpoint, what what would you eat, or do you like? Is well, there right, anything you eat? First of all, you know that I'm cheap, so it's it's very hard for me to come off that wall. Okay, so it's not a health issue; it's more a little bit. So if uh, you could get a funnel cake at two dollars, that's no, maybe. no, 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 no. Still wouldn't eat. Funnel cakes are nasty. I mean, I, what I, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, uh, like okay. no turkey leg, turkey leg, which I, is still healthy. I would, I would, yeah, I would dominate turkey leg. But those things are like you know, they, they they're <laughs> proud of those turkey legs. <laughs> Um, well, the, wait, the turkey's proud of it or the people are proud? Well, I'm sure the, the turkey's, turkey's real, real proud, proud yeah, of exactly. it, but the turkey, unfortunately. <laughs> he got no say-so in the negotiation. <laughs> turkey lost. Um, but, yeah, so no, uh, I would eat a turkey leg at a carnival. And, oh, fresh-squeezed lemonade. I do, okay. love, I do love a fresh So lemonade, lemonade, so real quick, so the turkey leg. A-fair, if I buy you lemonade and a turkey leg, you're in. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in okay. for that. Go, uh, moving on to the Alderman meeting, they had two rezoning requests. One of them is one that's kind of been <laughs> hanging out there for a little while. Uh, this is going the uh, C2 to the M1 on that lot, the lot industrial property. This is the property up 51 uh, on the east side of the road that borders the interstate that has all the equipment. We've talked about that before. That's still trying to get approved through the city. Another one, though, is a new one. Uh, it's agricultural to R40. Uh, R40 is basically residential uh, with a certain uh, amount of uh, houses per acre. Uh, this is at 1561 Gwynn Road. So basically it's on Gwynn Road, north of Dean Road. So if everybody knows in Nesbitt where the American Legion building is, it's just north of that uh, before you get to um, – uh, I guess Nesbitt Road, when you go north, turns into Gwynn Road. is right there on the left, uh, north of, of American Legion, uh, before you get to Nesbitt Road again. So, again, this is uh, a, looking like they're trying to put a subdivision there. Uh, ben Smith is the engineer bringing that before the uh, Alderman tonight. That's pretty neat. Too. Both of the Planning Commission projects in the Board of Alderman meeting are both in Nesbitt. That's pretty neat. Both in Nesbitt. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly neighborhood right. and that actual land right there on 55. So that's pretty neat. Nesbitt, you know, being in North Hernando, that's a big deal. I yeah. mean, that's a big deal. I think there's a lot of people trying to develop that old town, you know, old town, downtown area of Nesbitt. 
Uh, you know, I know that the people that own that property are really trying to re- redevelop it in some sort of fashion. I'd love to see maybe a, you know, kind of a small grocery store, a gift, sh- I mean, not a gift shop, a coffee shop, maybe a restaurant up there, kind of like a over to the square area. I think it'd be really cool to do something like that up there. And, and you know, the, the interstate will eventually, you know, the post office will be gone. They'll widen the interstate. And I think that you can really have like a, a new, um, you know, talking about, I think on an earlier episode, we talked about Green Tea, the field house, uh, being like a, a welcome mat to Hernando for that part of town. Well, this is the same thing on the northwest corner. Sure. Would be uh, this, this Nesbitt area. So, yeah, so a lot of stuff going around. Winningham uh, Estates is up there on their second phase. A lot so, of traffic about to happen because of the, the grocery the wholesale groceries going uh, up grocery. and down yeah right that, there. that's gonna be a lot of a lot of traffic uh four lane the interstate's gonna be eight lanes all the way down to the nesbitt exit at some point so yes yeah, i mean so again just hernando working that way and just and you know developers and understanding that and starting to, to plan ahead uh the next is they sign an agreement with the election consultants so the mayor you know of course, elections are taking place. So they're lining the consultants that'll start, you know, kind of heading up everything, making sure the ballots are right, the machines are right. Now, the I, I'd, I'd heard that we had the, the city was able to get a pretty good deal on some of the machines that they used in Georgia. <laughs> I'm sure, they were. <laughs> they sure were for they sale were. pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, and, and to go along with that, uh, something else they're looking at that's actually a little bit down the agenda, but that could kind of piggyback off that is the discussion of the voting polling locations. Now, yes, those will change. Yes, uh, we you know they had to redistrict, and so this this election will be the first under the new uh, districts or new wards. So they will you know you may lose a couple uh, where you have been voting in the past. Of course, if you're changing wards, you definitely will be voting in a new place. But sure. even those that are you know still currently in their same ward, I know there's at least one location. Uh, that is does not no longer wants to be a voting location, and so that'll have to be changed. So they'll have to the, start having those discussions on you know there'll be have to be set six voting places. So where those will be uh, for the elections in April. So all that kind of goes together. So they're getting all that you know talk, discussed tonight and probably signed off on tonight. And all that'll be on Facebook. Plenty of time ahead of time. You'll know exactly where you're supposed to vote. Don't freak out if you're listening to the show and 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 start calling and bothering people yet. But that that'll all come out uh, bef- long before the election in April. Yeah, and, and we'll remind you. But we'll obviously. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we'll. <laughs> on Friday, we'll go over what they talk about, and so mm-hmm. if, if any places are named or you know whatever, we'll go ahead and announce that. But as we get closer, we absolutely will. Next, the Parks Department has looks is looking to do ninety four thousand dollars worth of work to the baseball fields. It looks like they have maybe selected somebody and are asking for a ninety five ninety four thousand dollar loan so they'll put this out to bid uh, to the different banks around town to ask them to bid about doing the loan for this to make repairs to the baseball fields uh, these repairs mainly are repairs to the drainage uh, some drainage issues on some of the ball fields then once that the drainage is repaired to improve the infields on the on the uh, the fields that had the drainage issues and then also for sod uh, for outfields to, re- to repair sods in, in some of the bare outfits or some of the ones that have been maybe dug up or uh, you know, just hadn't had the uh, the proper maintenance o- over the last few years. So, again, city looking. Remember, they do not own these fields. Correct. Saddle Club, Rotary, and the Lions Club uh, own it uh, as a trifecta. And so they they do lease that. So, again, they are making improvements to something they do not own. But I think that everybody who plays down there would greatly appreciate this happening. And, again, they'll also tell you it's probably not enough. Uh, but it is something, and so I think it's a positive move by the Parks Department and by the city to do this. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, Derek, you know, we'll watch the, the the meeting and learn more about it. But, um, you know, drainage issues, infield replacements, and then residing the outfield as needed. Um, definitely something most people would say that that's a, a needed thing out there. So so definitely uh, something to pay attention to. And the Parks and Rec Department, 
uh, you know, has been something that'll, it's definitely something that'll come up in the spring and, and early summer elections. Parks and Rec Department has been something that you and I've had a lot of um, opinions about since, you know, our kids were a certain age, 12 to 15 years that we lived in Hernando. A lot of people have spoken to us about the parks, a different, uh, being involved with the crew of Hernando. We were heavily involved the first two or three years with that. Um, some different things we were doing out baseball. So just a neat, uh, definitely something that's probably needed. And the last thing that will be the last major topic uh, for discussion tonight at the Alderman meeting in Hernando is the CARES money. Remember, this is something that was talked about last time, and there was a couple aldermen that wanted some information brought forward. It looks like there will be more discussion on that. Now, you know, in talking with the mayor, he had said it would probably take at least a month. He had said that on the uh, in the meeting last time that, hey, you know, can I have at least a month to kind of get this stuff together? So not sure what will actually be reported tonight, whether it's maybe a couple more things that the aldermen are wanting to request that be added to the research or if the mayor is actually going to come back with some information tonight and then maybe some more, you know, in February when I think, I guess, expected to, to have all the information. So anyway, uh, that's kind of the, just, again, the preview of what's coming tonight. Really looking forward to it. Um, you know, if you want to, 6 o'clock p.m., you can be in person uh, at City Hall. If not, uh, then Facebook uh, will have it. They do stream it live, and then after it, it takes about an hour or two uh, after that stops to then have it officially posted to Facebook, so you can go back and rewatch it. So again, six o'clock p.m. tonight. Uh, look for that, uh, Derek. Something the last thing uh, that we forgot to mention. Actually, one of the first things on the agenda we mentioned last week that Natalie Lynch moving from her spot on the Planning Commission for Ward One, moving to be the alderman for right now or alderman in Ward One for the remaining term of Sonny Bryant's service. Uh, she had to vacate her seat on the Planning Commission. Natalie recommended a gentleman by the name of Russell Jordan to take her place on the Planning Commission. Uh, Derek and I both know Russell. Derek, I think you and I would be very comfortable saying that Russell's a good guy. Russell's definitely somebody that loves Hernando. He's somebody that uh, has he has a service-minded um, heart. He's got a service-minded mentality. And so I, I definitely think he's be a good addition to the Planning Commission. So that's something they're going to vote on tonight, take Natalie's recommendation for Russell, and then they'll uh, vote on that tonight uh, to approve him to uh, – be on the seat of Ward 1's Planning Commission spot for the rest of her term. And I do apologize, Russell. I actually did not even write that down because I said, oh, I'll remember that, and uh, I didn't. So, uh, yes, Russell's a great guy, has three kids, lived here now for at least 12 years probably. Sure. Um, and, you know, with, with the three kids, he, you know, he's been an attorney uh, up in Memphis, but travels back and forth every day. With his kids growing up here, you know, he knows he's going to want what's best for the city. So I think it's a great appointment uh, for the Planning Commission. Uh, Natalie was a great commissioner. I think Russell will be a fantastic commissioner. And so just look forward to him serving out the rest of her term, uh, which, of course, uh, ends June 30th. And then uh, if the uh, once the alderman, the new alderman is known, whether it remains Natalie or, or the person running against her, uh, then they'll be able to either, you know, appoint someone for that position starting July 1st. Right. So that kind of takes care of the Hernando Alderman meeting again tonight. Watch it on Facebook. Watch it on YouTube. Educate yourself. It is actually a pretty interesting watch if you want to sit down and watch it, but uh, it's not uh, nearly as boring as you think it is. Looking up north, Derek, South Haven Alderman meeting. We've had some different things, but arguably the most important thing I think that we wrote down that we want to talk about that I did not know anything about uh, was the widening of Star Landing from 51 all the way over, I guess, to get well. Is that the goal? No, the goal, I think it's, it's the, the county portion. So the okay. county portion of Star Landing Road. Now, you know, the city and some some parts of South Haven ends at Star Landing. Correct. Uh, other parts goes like down get well. It actually goes a little further south. But that's where, that's basically the border, uh, the, okay. the southern border of South Haven. And so the county is ready to start their 
part of the widening. Now, not quite sure what that looks like. Um, they'll be discussed tonight, whether that means the south side of Star Landing or if it means the actual portion coming into the town from the west, uh, which would be, you know, basically from the other side of 51 coming into 51 and then, you know, coming into the interstate. Now, for those of y'all that have lived here a while, you may know this. The Star Landing at some point may become like a, another church road. Uh, this is obviously an east-west uh, connector, and you know it is heavily traveled for it being a two-lane road. Uh, they, of course, they have a stoplight now at Getwell, uh, stoplights uh, at uh, 51, and pretty much a straight shot um, through, you know, through there. A lot of subdivisions coming off of that. In fact, one of the, uh, the things that the city will be looking at tonight is another subdivision uh, by Ken Cronin. Um, off the Kim Kroon, excuse me, off of uh, uh, Star Landing Road on the north side. But they're going to start the, the four line. They're, they're widening of this now. Star Landing at, in the master plan for the uh, widening of the interstate to six to eight lanes in certain areas is going to get an exit. So they're looking. I think South Haven's looking at this as a long-term kind of a, one of the nicer exits, um, kind of like maybe like Madison has something similar to that, where they're going to have uh, medians in the middle and and kind of you know because again it's their southern border, the southern gateway. It'll be their farthest south exit off of 55 that in, that is in the city right. limits. that's, that's in the city limits so they, they want to make it if you're coming north on 55 they want it to be as nice as possible and because it, it'll be the first thing it'll be the first south haven exit you see yeah and think about it's where it's not Star, there now but it will be right think about starlining is you know they just put that nice brick sign that says you know south correct haven. yes so it's, that's literally just north of starlining road yep. because starlining yep. goes under the interstate right medline there. has the building right there that's right yeah so that's so, a good idea Very yeah good so idea. i mean you know this is again this is all long term i'm not saying that's the only thing being discussed tonight is a memo of, memo of understanding mou uh with between the county and the city saying that the county wants to start this the city's given their blessing to start this uh you know they're going to share certain things as it as it continues uh so again if you're interested in that kind of hear more about that that will be discussed tonight uh, also south haven this is something that hernando does not do uh, south haven post their entire meeting packet online so uh there is if you want to read the memo of understanding it's online right now if you want to go through that whole thing of course it's a lot of whereas 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 therefore <laughs> uh you know please especially russell jordan uh any other attorneys that love that kind of stuff um if you want to read it it's on there but so it does have you know kind of what they want to do uh but i, I am interested more in hearing tonight you know kind of in layman's terms what that sounds like and what it means and, and again uh anything that we misconstrued that I'm saying right now uh, will be corrected on Friday if for something I, if some reason I got something wrong. Looking for that, and I think that's great that they're starting that widening. Uh, I think it's, again, you know, everybody knows how busy Church and Goodman are, and if you can have another widened thoroughfare to go through east-west, and then, of course, once an exit is, is granted there, I think it would just be good for the whole county. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Derek, more than likely, Medline made the purchase of their land and built their property knowing that uh, MDOT had that plan. I-55 was going to eventually have a, a an exit there at Star Landing. So, um, just I mean, just an neat project again when you're coming north on 55 for that to be the first exit there on south haven that's very forward thinking and very wise on their part because that's in the tons of housing a lot of uh, residential uh, area right there when you come off that uh, that exit or eventual exit uh then under the planning agendas uh there's a couple things one of them is just a, a, a store is looking to have on street parking the other thing is as i mentioned 90.73 acres on the north side of star landing road being brought uh asked to be go from agricultural to a pud uh, by Kim Cronin, so obviously looking for a subdivision. Um, and the, I think it's called High Point or something similar to that. If you're interested in that, again, it's in the package uh, if you want to go look. Uh, and then finally, of course, what we always look forward to, the South Haven Mayor, Darren Musselwhite, uh, does a really good job of kind of updating the alderman of where the city is at this time, any projects going on, any issues that they're having. And so, you know, when you look up that online, he's not he doesn't give you the bullet points ahead of time. 
uh, he likes to kind of come in with that, uh, with, with having fresh ears and, and not really knowing what he's going to talk about. So this, when you look at the uh, agenda, it's just a blank page that says Mayor's Report. Again, looking forward to that, and uh, anything that he says, we'll get it here on Friday. Yeah, Darren Musselwhite, we talk about it all the time on the podcast, very forward-thinking. Uh, he definitely uh, sees South Haven 10, 15, 20 years down the road is what he's looking for and always thinking to do. Speaking of forward-thinking, podcast brought to you by DeSoto Family Dental Care. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower in Hernando for multiple decades. With over 60 years of combined dental experience, Dr. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, and also Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere. Visit their office today to see the difference or call them at 662-429-5239. That's 662-429-5239 to learn the difference today. North Point Christian School has had a great start to this semester. They welcome 17 new students in grades PK through 12 who couldn't wait for next fall and have decided to join the North Point family at the opening of the spring semester. Over the last couple of months, NCS has encouraged parents, families, and students interested in North Point to come see them at their safe and socially distanced monthly Preview the Point open house events. Many have taken them up on their invitations to campus and have observed directly how North Point upholds the strictest health and safety guidelines while maintaining continuity and learning excellence both online and in person. If you're interested in learning more about North Point and how this amazing school community might serve your students, their next Preview the Point open house is this Sunday, January 24th at 2 p.m. Reservations are required and can be made by calling Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127. Again, the next one is this Sunday, January 24th at 2 p.m. Please call 662-349-5127. Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider, is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, longtime Hernando resident and former alderman for the city. Lauderdale Insurance Agency is located at 11 West Commerce Street in Hernando, Mississippi. Their team has 118 years of insurance experience and can provide insurance for your auto, home, business, or life. Please call, email, or stop by the agency and see any of their licensed team members and compare their coverage, service, and price and find that it is next to none. Please call them at 662-429-5213. Look for them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency, Inc. or their website at samlauderdale.net. Turning from our local uh, Alderman meetings, local information, we're going to go out statewide. Obviously, we, our artwork for our last podcast last week was kind of a joke. Uh, we had uh, you know the lady from Mama's Family or Mama from Mama's Family on the phone, which was a little bit of a shout-out to the older generation having to be on hold for the COVID vaccine that seems to seem to kind of dry up and everything or, or going uh, stop until they got more in. So I know there was a bit of a an increase or they uh, maybe found a, a batch of COVID vaccines in a, in a closet or something. Uh, give me an update on that. The Department of Health announced after our show on Friday that they found another small batch 
uh, of vaccines that the can now be made uh, that people can now make appointments for and can start as early as January 25th with that new batch. The previously had said that the next batch would not be until mid-February. That larger batch in February is still coming, but they were able to find the smaller one and uh, and release the 25th date. Uh, all the uh, pe- all the same people that could try last time, those over 65 years old, and and then any with you know, severe underlying conditions can go ahead and start the, the phone calling process or the or you know, getting online and trying to get, uh, get a, an appointment on the 25th. But it is important to remember all those that have already booked still maintain their spots. All right. Nothing changes on that. So remember, when you book, you're booking your the first one and then the follow-up one you know, 30 days later if it's Moderna and I think three weeks later if it's Pfizer. And so that's all done at the same time. So those of y'all that have already booked, this does not change anything. Those of y'all that might have been locked out, um, again, you have a, a maybe a small chance on the 25th to try and then after that more you know a much larger batch will be coming mid-february got a text me and my siblings got a uh, got a text just a little while ago my mom had gotten her first round i guess the pfizer vaccine and she had to wait her 15 minutes before she could leave but she was definitely excited about that so i know mom for those of y'all who know my mom she's uh, definitely ready to get out and and be of service to others and and get to you know hopefully coming up here and visit us uh, stuff like that so you know the vaccines continue to come certainly i, I kid about finding them in a closet and so forth but uh, uh, yeah, you like to hope people are working as absolutely hard as they can to get them in the right spots, get them to the right people. So if a vaccine is something you want to take and you listen to the podcast, please educate yourself on how you can get it. So, uh, you know, we continue to roll that out each and every day uh, in the state of Mississippi. Something else, Derek, a huge thing in the area. Obviously, uh, you know, we talk about on Tuesdays, our fact of the week brought to you by the DeSoto County Museum. DeSoto County Museum open each and every Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5. Rob Long continues to, do, to, continues to do a wonderful job. He and his team there at the DeSoto County Museum, located right across from the new Area 51 ice cream. Area 51 ice cream has remodeled uh, the you know one of those buildings there next to Blue Ribbon Cleaners. Right across the street uh, is the DeSoto County Museum. So maybe a good time to go visit the museum, but the weather's nice. Visit the museum, walk across the street, and enjoy some new uh, ice cream there at the Area 51 ice cream. But uh, today's fact of the week, Derek, all about commerce. Tell us all about that. Well, we figured that, you know, with the, everything still kind of being slow to open or not, things not quite right with COVID. And, and we talked about how the Mississippi numbers, though, were still up compared to the budget at Sendai, uh for last year. And so we're kind of focusing on commerce and, and want to support the businesses. Well, in 1948, there were 65 businesses located in the city limits of Hernando. Some of them, see if any of all, hopefully some of our listeners can recognize some of these names uh, that may no longer be here, but Wood Electric, Westerman Electric, Emerson Electric, Stewart Chevrolet, Garnet Motor Company, DeSoto Auto Company, Milo Motor Company, Farm Equipment Company, Hernando Implement Company, Elmore and Crawford, Farmer Supply, the DeSoto County Co-op, and Kroger. I only recognize two of those left, right? DeSoto County Co-op and Kroger. And Kroger. I would say that's correct. Well, you know, Farm Equipment Company, it's, it, it, that was, uh, I think. In that, the Uncle Bubba's building? Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. You know, this has been it's been a while. What makes me, you know, I guess it's good to see or, or something that's kind of funny is you had three electric companies in town wow. and four car dealerships. You had the Stewart Chevrolet, Garnet Motor, DeSoto Auto, and Mila Motor in '48. So you had four. And this is in the city of Hernando. Sure. Four auto dealerships, three electric companies, and then you know again the other companies mentioned and oh Kroger. 
Kroger, and that was in 1948. 48. That's some of the businesses that were in Hernando. You said a total of 65 they yeah, had six, registered? They, they, they had it registered 65 that were in the city limits at that time. Wow, just an amazing stat right there. I mean, think about the number of businesses that are in Hernando now. I mean, in the hundreds uh, for sure. Some people would think – some people would make you think there's, there's hundreds of people on Hernando happening selling stuff. But, uh, well, that's true. But then, you know, they, that registered and so forth. Just another good fact of the week, Derek, the way uh, I like to learn about DeSoto County, especially learn about Hernando right here under the water tower so much history and and fun facts that Rob has provided us with. Visit the museum 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday, right across from Area 51 Ice Cream. And if anybody has any ties to those companies and wants to reach out to us and give us any facts from those companies, please contact us at underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. Again, underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. We would love to hear if your family owned one of these businesses or if you knew of maybe it was your next-door neighbor that owned it and some any kind of good stories. We would love to get that on here. You know, we do try to provide a good fact of the week, but we would also like to have follow-up from people that actually, you know, were part of it. We're part of the Hernando's history. So, again, underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. So much rich history right here in Hernando and in DeSoto County. But if you're looking to make new memories for you and your family, please reach out to Magical Destinations of Hernando. That's Magical Destinations of Hernando, owned and operated right here in Hernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Please give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. Reach them at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or find them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher for continuing to support the UTW Podcast. Lastly, our podcast is brought to you by Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Richard continues to ask me to remind the UTW podcast listeners about their fence construction. That's new fences, repairing fences, repairing gates, putting up new gates, helping you with any kind of fence-related opportunities on your property. Please reach out to Richard at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find him on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Now turning to sports, uh, we do have we had a full slate of basketball games on Friday night uh, and then actually one on Monday. Uh, that we will discuss here in just a second. However, we wanted to start off with, you know, we as we mentioned, I think last time, every time we have anybody in the county that is able to sign a scholarship and be able to go to uh, school for free, be able to further their education uh, and be able to ha- have the, the school pay for it because of their uh, athletic abilities, and in this case, in the uh, the sports segment of our show, uh, that we're going to, you know, we're going to recognize them. And so that has happened again. It happened uh, last Friday, and it's now happened on Tuesday. Uh, Anna Marie Sternisha. A second baseman and shortstop for the Olive Branch High School team has signed with Mississippi Delta Community College. Uh, she's going to be playing uh, softball at Mississippi Delta Community College. She's been playing at softball at Mississippi Delta Community College. Uh, proud of her, proud of, uh, again, anybody that can be able to go play at the next level. Uh, and so congratulations and uh, look forward to getting updates uh, as she plays at Mississippi Delta. Absolutely. Congratulations to her for getting her future paid for, getting her education, continuing her opportunity to continue to play softball, getting that paid for. Uh, Derek, before we turn to our basketball scores and basketball update, UTW Podcast listeners, we have a special show 
being released tomorrow with the three counselors for Hernando High School, Ann Goss, Deanna Wood, and Candy Garrison, three absolute rock stars when it comes to caring about, serving, and wanting what's best for the Hernando High School kids. You do not want to miss this interview. If you have a child in middle or high school, you're going to want to tune in tomorrow for that interview. It is about an hour long. It covers a number of different topics that are important to parents of 7th, 8th, through 12th graders. So please pay attention to that show tomorrow. We're going to release it tomorrow, hopefully before noon. So you'll be, you have plenty of time to uh, listen to that on your drive home uh, from work or, uh, you know, sit down tomorrow night, listen to it with your husband or your wife, because these are topics that you need to be listening about. So that's tomorrow, a special episode of the UTW podcast right here under the water tower. All right, looking at the games from Friday, uh, we'll start with on the boys' side. I guess the, one of the largest games or the most important games here in the county uh, took place at DeSoto Central. Olive Branch at DeSoto Central, this game sold out, you know, and so you're thinking, okay, it's sell out. It probably won't live up to the hype. Well, it did. 65 people allowed in the – Probably 65 <laughs> people. It may have been 65 sell people, but it is sold out. You count it as a sellout. Sold out, out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you, don't, you don't, you know, qualify that. You just say it's sold out. Olive Branch won 51 to 50. Wow. When they drive to the basket, Jaguars, so they get the ball last. It's 51 to 50. My boy's driving to the basket. Goes up. A lot of contact. No call. No call. No call. A lot of contact, no call. And so the, it does not, the, the layup does not go in. Olive Branch, Conquistadors win 51-50. to 50. Olive Branch was led by Terry Joyner with 14 points. Jaguars were led by Matthew Smith with 21. Olive Branch improves their record to 7-8 and eight on the season, 1-0 in district. Now you're asking, that doesn't sound like as many games as others. And, you know, well, they had COVID. Right. Uh, they had COVID issues, and so this is their first game back. I think they were not able to actually handle a ball until either – the day before that morning or that before school, I mean, right after school that day. So, you know, they, you know hopefully you're shooting at home, but, you know, when you're not kind of playing together for a week or so, uh, that, that does kind of hurt you. But they were able to pull it together and get the 51-50 to win. Wow. Good job right there. No call, a little surprising. A little surprising there. You know, no I, I wasn't there. You know, it, it I know, is, from I reading know. Twitter and that sort of thing, it seems like it was a little controversial. A little, you know, I guess it depends on who's tweeting, of course. Exactly. Yeah, from the Olive Branch Twitter, it was no contact at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, it was clean. I mean, it's like, I mean, it was like all ball, all ball. All right, so now we go to we st- we're staying in, in Olive Branch. Go to Center Hill. Center Hill defeated uh, Satillo 88-57. to This is the Mustang's sixth straight win. Playing really well right now. Absolutely. We're actually going to talk to them in, uh, in just a moment again because they had the uh, a Monday game uh, yesterday also in a, in a tournament. Uh, but at that time, as of Friday, they were t- improved their record to 12-8, and 3-0 and in district. That was a district game, so they're now 3-0 and in district. Caden Laws led the team with thir- 23 points. Zandon Harrelson had 20, and Tanner Burcham had 18. I mean, Center Hill's, on, Center Hill's obviously playing some really good basketball right now. Uh, like you said, Derek, we're going to talk about them uh, having a game yesterday in a tournament. A little surprised they're still playing tournaments. I mean, I th- should be close to wrapping up there, right? Well, I think, yeah, you know, and it's, I guess because probably like, it may have been a Martin Luther King tournament oh, thing, type yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah you're uh, right. You know, because they didn't have school. Yeah. Uh, it was, I mean, the game was during the day. I was right. following it on Twitter. It was probably. Grizzlies play tonight in their MLK yeah, game. they play. Yeah. Uh, I think Atlanta Hawks donated like a new court. They, they wow. you know, kind of previewed a new court today because of that. So, again, it is a holiday. Uh, and they, it was kind of one of those holiday tournaments. But I would expect with district now really kicking in, right, sure. the next holiday wouldn't be till President's Day, which is in the middle of the playoffs. This is probably the last one, I, gotcha. would, I would suspect. Well, yeah, Center Hill's playing as well as anybody. So, I mean, we talked about them being a factor in the North uh, you know, North State 5A ranks. They're definitely putting things together now with six straight wins. Next, uh, staying in the 5A, uh, Lake Cormorant played uh, Lafayette. Lake Cormorant won 54-38. 
So good win by the Gators. That is their first district win. Uh, that improves their record to ten and six overall, one and two in district. Lewisburg. This is it. This is a, a interesting. I know everybody in Lewisburg are extremely excited about this game. Lewisburg plays Tupelo. Uh, they erased a five point deficit with under a minute to go. So you're wow. down five, less than a minute. Uh, we're able to tie it up in did regulation. Jared Cook, did Jared Cook fumble? Was it a Jared Cook fumble? that? Pro- probably a couple turnovers for Jared <laughs> Cook in the fourth Jared quarter. Jared Cook fumbled, yes. Uh, anyway, five. <laughs> so they're down five. They were able to tie the game in regulation, go to overtime, and overtime absolutely dominated to get the 62-47 to 47 win. 62-47. 62-47 overtime game. overtime game. My gosh, yes. did Tupelo just walk off the court or what? I mean, that's, they, were, they were done. They were just shot. Man. Yeah. They they said, hey, we came here for four quarters. We're done. <laughs> no we more. had this. We had this one Golly. up five, and they just, I mean, just they just quit. Well, I mean, you, you you let them come back and tie it in, in regulation. Uh, seems yeah. like they just quit. A little bit surprised by the next stat, Derek. Give it to me. Following it on Twitter, everything we're extremely excited. You know, this is their they are their first district win. They're ten and ten now, one and one. But the significance of that one and one is that you know, according to Lewisburg High School, their first district win in four seasons. Wow. So they, this is the, so in, in four years, this is the first time they've beat anybody in their district. Not just Tupelo, anybody. Anybody. Uh, the first win ever over Tupelo yes, also, yes, also was stated, but the first win in district in four years. Man, you talk about getting off. I mean, just <laughs> just you know having decent teams or enjoying basketball, maybe win some games, and you come in the district, and it's just an O for for three straight years. Yeah, because they were wow, ten, ten and ten overall, so they've won ten yeah, games. Sure, yeah, exactly. But the first district win uh, led by uh, Max Zisman with fourteen, uh, David Keisel with thirteen, Hayden Drumwright with twelve, and then Logan Coker had eleven. So a good all around. You know, four players Absolutely. in double digits, yep. all around victory uh, for the Patriots. Yeah, happy for them. Uh, the next game, South Haven versus Hernando. South Haven wins eighty to fifty three. That's eighty to fifty three. South Haven improves their record to thirteen and four. Strong team, two and zero. Hernando falls to seven and eleven. Zero and two in district. Yeah, the boys are struggling. The Hernando under the water tower boys are struggling for sure. Uh, we'll talk more about the girls later. They seem to be doing doing very well. But the boys, they've started to kind of go in a little bit of a spiral. And the last game on the boys' side, North Point played DeSoto. This is DeSoto, Arkansas, DeSoto Academy. Uh, they played DeSoto, Arkansas. They won 68-38, to a good bounce back by the Trojans, who had lost their first district game by four to Harding. Uh, they were led by Mitchell Wright with 22 points, Christian Gilliland with 22 points, and then Darius, Darius Naylor with 12. So, again, uh, North Point uh, back on the winning side, uh, puts them at 8-5, and 8-5, and, and then, of course, 0-1 in district overall. Congratulations to the boys team, the boys teams that continue to uh, play hard. And again, Derek, we said every week we're playing basketball. That's playing most basketball. important. We're playing basketball, selling out basketball games, selling out basketball games. Exactly. I mean, with the 80, 85 uh, allowed, and and we so we're selling out games. But uh, anyway, tell us about the girls' ranks. Uh, some big big girls basketball this past weekend. Yeah, turning. I remember the uh, Olive Branch of Soto fifty one fifty on the boys' side. A really good game also on the girls' side. Not not as close. Uh, but I remember Olive Branch coming in. They were 11 and one coming into the game. DeSoto Central coming in with a decent record. They were uh, were 12 and seven. Olive Branch comes out with a victory, 69 to 58. Again, Olive Branch girls win 69 to 58, led by Addison Howell with 25 points, uh, Rena Piggies with 14 points, and Brynjan Eason with 11. On DeSoto Central side, Janiah Jones with 16, Tanaha Batcher with 14, and Taria Haslett with 11. Olive Branch, the Conquistador, Lady Conquistadors, improved to 12 and a one overall, two and one in district. DeSoto Central falls to 12 and eight overall, and one and two in district. So, kind of flip flop. The Olive Branch now two and one, and DeSoto Central one and two. Right. Against against State and Olive Branch, uh, Center Hill, 
the boys won. The girls, not so fortunate. They fell 85-72 to 72 to Saltillo. They were the Must- Lady Mustangs were led by Hope Mueller with 17, Jariah Rankins with 14, and Dominic Collins with 12. Center Hill, this was actually a heartbreaker. This was a, a 85-72 to 72 in overtime. So, again, another overtime game where one team somehow outscores you 13 points in, in, the, in the extra period. So, wow. again, uh, overtime heartbreaker to Saltillo. Uh, 85 to 72. Center Hill now 9 and 12 overall, 1 and 2 in district. Next game. This is a tough one. Tough one, you know, so excited for the boys' side to finally get their first district win in four years. On the girls' side, Tupelo 69, Lewisburg 17. I'm just going to kind of leave it there. 69 to 17. 69 to 17. Uh, Lady Patriots fall to 10 and 12 overall. 0-3 in 6A district play. So, just a tough loss. Uh, you know, just That's not a lot of offense. It's not a lot not of a offense. Lot of offense coming from the Lady You know, Patriots, and they've, they've sure. won 10 games this year, so it's not like they can't score. Right, no, I agree. Um, so, just Tupelo, you know, just played them. It's a tough team that they're playing. Uh, I believe, if I remember right, Tupelo was Olive Branch's only loss. Okay, remember, that's it was true. 65 yeah. to 50. Tupelo so, that's pretty this, good. Tupelo, Tupelo may be the best team in the district on the ladies' side. So, Lady Patriots, keep your heads up. You know, you got some more games to play. Turn it from there. Hernando uh, against South Haven. Hernando girls playing well. Yes. Uh, they won 59 to 33. Abby Harrison had 18 points. Uh, Andrea Manning had 14 points. Hernando girls now 15 and four overall, two and zero in district. South Haven falls to eight and ten overall, two and two in district. Yeah, Hernando girls are a good basketball team, one of the better teams in the north side of the 6A ranks. Uh, so uh, led by Abby, she's just a tremendous player. So if you if you have an opportunity to get out, and Derek, that may be something we need to start doing on our Facebook page or announcing at each show, uh, letting people know about the games that are coming up. If you have an opportunity to get out, put your mask on <laughs> and go out to a game and, and watch some of these uh, these kids play. Again, the boys' team struggling a bit, but the girls' team is really, really good. So uh, congratulations to them right here under the water tower. Next game, Lafayette at Lake Cormorant. Lafayette 53, Lake Cormorant 27. Uh, the Lady Gators fall to 3-12 and over. Overall, 0-4 in district. It's, it's a rebuilding year for the <laughs> Not a very good basketball team. Derek, you and I joked off air, if you get 10, 10, 10 games uh, less <laughs> – if you have ten more losses than you do wins, you might just fall off of the uh, the uh, UTW reporting uh, session. So you know, uh, we, we don't want to give up on a team, know, but they are eleven games under five hundred. Yes, but they're you know district. They can they can battle back. They can make a run. Let's hope so. <laughs> Let's hope so. Lady Gators, keep your heads up. And the final game to discuss on the Lady side, the Lady Trojans again playing DeSoto Academy in Arkansas. Lady Trojans win forty eight to thirty seven, led by Leah Jones with twelve points, uh, Hadley Carson with ten points. And Bethany Wright with uh, six. They are now nine and three on the season and one and zero in district. Hey, what's the little girl's name that plays for North Point that has a really cool name? Last name's Cherry. Brawley Faith Cherry. Brawley Faith Cherry. I mean, if she's not, if Brawley Faith Cherry is not on the Voice in five years, I'm going to be upset. I don't know if she could sing or not, but I would vote for her just off that really cool name. So that's, that's a good southern that's name. That's a really, Brawley really good Southern. Brawley Faye Brawley Cherry. Faye Cherry, yes. I mean, seriously, if you're, if you're not on the – again, I don't know if she could sing or not, but if she's, if she's on The Voice, I'm voting for her. She needs to be on Team Blake. Or, and then finally, uh, the game that we had from yesterday, uh, Center Hill, as we mentioned, Center Hill had won their former game that they had played on Friday. They played Meridian in a tournament. The name of the tournament was the Rumble in the South – Okay. 2021 Rumble in the South 2021 they played Meridian Center Hill comes with a 63-61 victory wow very close hard fought game uh, but congratulations to the Mustangs came through with the win yesterday in the Rumble in the South tournament 63-61 over Meridian Approves their record now to 14-8, and eight, seven-game winning streak. Seven-game winning streak. So, you know, uh, guys, just keep playing hard, keep fighting. 
you're you know really uh, you know showing out for DeSoto County. Yeah, we didn't get that update until uh, early this morning, Derek. So uh, I'm glad we were able to get that in. So Center Hill, hottest team around, what definitely with seven wins. So kids, keep your heads up. I know we joke about the Lady Gators and stuff, but uh, we definitely <laughs> wish the kids nothing but success. And most importantly, you are continuing to play basketball. That's the most important thing we will continue to express because a lot of kids are not uh, just kids north of you are sitting at the house or walking around you know, in the neighborhood, playing their basketball uh, in the park. So um, just congratulations to you. Big things coming out of Hernando Alderman meeting. Looking forward to talking about that on Friday, talking about the South Haven Alderman meeting, of course. Thank you to our sponsors uh, for continuing to advertise with us. Look, if you enjoy what you hear each and every Tuesday and Friday and also some of our special episodes, that'll be on Wednesdays all spring long. Uh, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. That's Twitter at UTW Pod, Instagram, UTW Podcast, Facebook, UTW Podcast. Most importantly, please hit subscribe wherever you hear our voice, wherever you listen to your podcast each and every week, Spotify, Apple, a uh, number of different places there to find podcasts. Please subscribe to the Under the Water Tower podcast uh, whenever you have an opportunity. And most importantly, share our episodes on Facebook. Share them with friends, with family. Let them know what we're talking about, what we're doing, especially the opportunity to shine a light on the high school kids uh, in the area that are signing with colleges, that are playing basketball, football, all the different sports. That's something that's very important to Derek and I, and we will continue to do that each and every week. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. This is where we dropped off a pretty little girl.